Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Tales from Tolt. My name is Dwayne Davidson, your host. This is a program where we discuss the fascinating and rich history of that place we call the Sonoma Valley, basically from Monroe to North Bend. everybody this is Dwayne Davidson your host from Tales from Tolt got a neat episode today because it's talking about a fun thing for you folks to do if you are a um, graduate of Tolt High School that existed down in Carnation and now is called Cedar Crest we're going to talk about a couple other things though too and to help me discuss these matters I've got two special guests of two great great people that I know uh, first of Joe German. This guy's an incredible volunteer for the museum, puts in all sorts of hours of work in the uh, Total Historical Society. So I appreciate uh, all that work that you do, Joe. Joe's father uh, was a uh, pharmacist that owned the drugstore incarnation of years back. And we'll talk about that just in a second. And then next is uh, Jackie Norris, uh, who also does an incredible amount of work for the Total Historical Society. We appreciate that. And she has a legacy that goes back in Tolt, somewhere around the time of Moses, I believe. But uh, she, goes, <laughs> she goes back about as far as it goes. And so, first of all, I just want to talk a little bit more about your uh, histories and contributions, Joe. To prepare for this meeting, I was thinking about your dad. And I, uh, the viewers can't, or the listeners of this program can't see this, but I'm holding up a little a calculator, an avatar 1502 calculator, four-way calculator, pretty basic thing. I bought when I was in middle school at Toll High School from uh, from Joe's Drugstore, and I still have it to this day. And I remember the day I bought that. I had to do a lot of cascara bark and other uh, little fundraiser things. I think I had a little paper out at the time too for a while to help uh, buy that. And it's been a, <laughs> it, it still functions just uh, great. You could say that anybody that grew up in my generation in the 60s and 70s incarnation, it knew of two people, J.P. Patches and Joe German. And the reason why they knew Joe German is because he was the first store when he came from elementary school, he was the first store you could come to that had a candy selection. And he was one that would break out candy and sold some candy in there for a penny a piece. I can remember even when I was a kid, you could go in and get some licorice for a penny a piece. And so those are fond memories to me. And so uh, welcome, Joe. Thank you. Jackie, do you want to talk about, uh, you've been on the program before, which I really mm -hmm. appreciate, and your family goes back to before statehood, which is pretty incredible. Do you want to talk just briefly about that? Sure. They came in about, um, in the 1870s. Settled in the area just north of uh, Carnation. Uh, your great-grandfather, correct? Yes, and then he had a brother that also settled in the area also. Yes, he had two brothers. He had one that settled down on Northeast 55th, and that was um, Moses. And then Isaac settled in uh, Fall City. And wow. they, they both left the area, but my obviously my grandfather stayed. We're on um, property that was homesteaded back then. We have six acres left of the original property. So yeah, six generations. Yeah, I, I think it's incredible. There's one map that shows land ownership that I've seen that's out there that uh, has uh, a land ownership before there was even a basic, there, even before there was a road. 
And uh, your great grandfather was one of them, along with people like Shaw and and Entwistle and some of the early early right. settlers uh, in the Snoqualmie Valley. So, so um, you folks are here to talk about a uh, a neat happening that happens uh, every year. That's called the the All Class Reunion. You want to just briefly describe what happens at this? Sure. This is the uh, Tolt High School um, All School Reunion. It's uh, sponsored by the Tolt Historical Society. We will this year be having it on Sunday, August 7th, uh, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. at McDonald Park in Carnation uh, at the Red Barn, which is uh, very visible as you come down the, the street. And we'll have uh, a potluck lunch. Uh, primarily, it's just uh, an opportunity for people to get together and uh, see their old classmates that they maybe don't see very often. Um, anyone who has any connection to Toll High, whether they attended or taught there, are welcome to uh, come. Also, uh, Cedarcrest Cedar High School graduates are welcome as well. No charge and you don't need to pre-register, just show up. We will uh, pass the hat. Uh, sometime during the time to help us cover cost. Now, almost everybody has experienced class reunions that's a graduate of some high school somewhere, but not every school has an all-class reunion where they gather uh, students from all classes together at one time in one place, but we do it. And there's a very specific reason for that. There's a little bit of history in that. First of all, it's kind of a small school. So some of the classes were rather small. Plus, you've been mentioning all these different school names. And for people that might be newer to the Valley, they just described that a little bit about what. Uh, so there was Toll High School and now there's Cedarcrest. Do we want to talk about that just for a moment about how what, why all these names are being thrown about? Toll High School was the original high school for the school district, which included Carnation and Duval. It uh, opened in 1914. First graduating class was in 1915, uh, four students. The last class was in 1993, and that's when Cedarcrest High School was finished and was opening for business. And then Tolt Campus became Tolt Middle School and uh, continued that to this day. And another part of our legacy in the Valley, and I don't know if there's actually any people that still survive that are graduates of this. I hope I didn't offend anybody by saying that, but I mean, this is going back. There's also Duval High School. And I had two grandparents, Lee and Helen Mitchell, which were both graduates of it. And they had their own reunions for a time. But then all this was kind of merged together by a individual, if I understand, and please correct me if I'm wrong, by the name of uh, Isabel Jones, uh, that kind of... Uh, uh, help start the all class reunion. Is that, am I correct in that? And she was Isabel, involved in, I think, all of them, uh, uh, with a, usually with a, a small committee to organize. And Isabel is well known by all of us that have any interest in history of the Valley. We just recently did a segment on Tales from Told that would attribute to her life and legacy and the incredible contribution that she made to historical preservation uh, of the Valley. She helped kind of formulate this idea and did this. But um, this was kind of a follow-up of uh, something that had occurred before that, that was called the uh, Pioneer Picnic. Um, and so do we want to talk a little bit about 
what was the Pioneer Picnic and who all was involved with that? So I've been researching that and it was um, the Snoqualmie Valley Pioneer Picnic. It started in 1923 on the Adair Farm, William and Estella out in the Vincent area. And they just got a few folks together. They had a, a grove with four maple trees and they thought, well, They'd had some family picnics there and they'd even had some weddings. So they said, well, let's get on our phone on the wall and call some neighbors and friends and um, see if they'd like to get together for a picnic. It turned out to be very successful and they continued that for 75 years. So wow. in 1923, that speaking of Isabel, that was the year she was born. And it went on for 75 years and Isabel served the last 14 years as the president. They had fun back then, but you have to remember that Carnation and Duval and even Redmond had only incorporated in um, 1912. So this is 1923. So it's not all that many years later and there aren't that many people. There aren't that many people around. They each needed to have, you know, 300 people in the town to, to become a town, to become incorporated. So your neighbors were your friends and it's, it's who you socialize with. So they would have it in a grove, actually in somebody's field. They didn't have picnic tables. They didn't have benches. So they went out and pulled in some, some stumps and some lumber <laughs> and turned that into the picnic tables. And it talks about Estella here because the seating was the log. She went and found some things, you know, some things to cover the log so that she said they wouldn't get dirty and they wouldn't get slivers. So yeah, um, are terrible, they, especially they, that region they just, of the body. Um, they just went with it. Uh, let me read a little bit here. Um, Will Adair hauled out planks and large chunks of wood for benches. Estella tried to cover them with blankets to soften and protect people's clothing and soil and from getting slivers. Will made one long food table and some years a platform for the program. They borrowed a few occasions, my Aunt um, Effa Flex pump organ for the music program. Large coffee pots were borrowed from the Grange store. One year, they borrowed tin cups from a logging camp, the cookhouse. And in 1926, benches were borrowed from Stillwater Logging Camp for the picnic at Albert Pernett's home. And Albert Pernett's home was um, actually at the corner of 203 Incarnation Farms Road. And Duane, your family later, later had that farm. So the picnics were there. There was always um, you know, good food, fried chicken, homemade ice cream, and um, a good time was had by all. They also, they did games. They did foot races. They had tug of wars horseshoe games, and nail driving contests. In a couple of years, there were barn dances in the evening with a fiddle and an accordion. They had interesting programs. They did patriotic things. And this was written by um, Burl Adair Trezai. So this was written by her mother. And she said, I remember when my mother planned some colorful and entertaining programs, having red, white, and blue bunting draped around the homemade stage. We always hung a large flag on a rope suspended over the event. In 1932, the year of George Washington Bicentary, my mother had charge of the program for the Pioneer Picnic as usual. 
She planned a patriotic special using some of our 4-H girls in several large framed patriotic scenes. My sister sang the songs and to the pictures. My dad, Will Adair, had the horse and buggy ready for Martha and George to ride to the platform for the program. <laughs> so they did lots of fun um, and interesting things besides, besides the picnic and um, just to be entertained and to enjoy each other's company. How interesting it's uh, for, uh, you know, so early on in the in the city's history for there to be an event to celebrate those that were there and continue that go 75 years it, it right. went uh, on. That's just incredible to me. It just shows you the sense of community and closeness that Carnation has always had. It is that has gone through the 4th of July celebrations that we had uh, later. And so I want to talk a little bit more about the Pioneer Picnic. And we'll do that as soon as we return from the break. We'll be right back, folks. You're listening to Valley 104.9 FM, your station for Northwest eclectic music. Hi, I'm Seth Shostak, and I'm an actual scientist, although I don't wear a white lab coat. Maybe a straight jacket. I'm Molly Bentley. I'm a science journalist, and we are your hosts on Big Picture Science, bringing you the latest from the labs every week. So join us Thursdays at 6 p.m. for the coolest in science and technology, Big Picture Science. That's Thursdays at 6 p.m. right here on Valley 104.9 FM. Welcome back, folks. The episode today, we're talking to Joe German and Jackie Norris, uh, two individuals that are just beloved people that are very, very involved in the uh, Tolton Historical Society and are also a host of the uh, all school reunion for the Toll High School. And now it's called Cedarcrest uh, uh, High School. But predating this, it was an event that actually wasn't about the high school graduates at all, it, it, or I mean, it could have been, but it was about just a more of a community event of celebrating the people that were uh, here in the Valley um, uh, at the beginning of the, uh, the town's life and that was called the pioneer picnic and boy what a legacy they had 75 years that they went on to where they actually held uh, some pretty uh, organized events really celebrating the community one of the individuals i understand that near the the last trimester whatever you want to call it so many years of it a long-standing mc of that event was a gentleman by the name of fred hawker which if you've heard that name before and you're new to the town, it's probably because we have a park named after him. But some of us remember Fred and uh, uh, Amy as delightful people. I remember them as a kid at the Tolk Congregational Church. Do you have names of other MCs or people that you, you talked about the Adair family? Were there other people that well, MC'd the event? Not MCing, but I do have, um, I have some other information that's interesting. They, yeah. for presidents, Will Adair, the fellow that started it was president for 12 years. Will Larson was president for 21 years. And then Burl Adair Trezeis was secretary for 26 years. And um, the reason I became interested in this is we came on all of the records, all the secretarial records for the pioneer picnic. And I was supposed to be working on some other things, but of course you saw me sitting in the corner going through her book, reading her minutes. And one of the things that she had written down and I took out of there, all the places 
that the picnics were held and they were held there at the Adair Farms, the Purnett home, we talked about that, Dolder Grove, which is one mile south of Carnation, the Tolt High School gym, a family named Raymond, Snow Valley Grange, Entwistle Grove, which uh, later became Valley Memorial Park. And that's, that's a whole nother story. Captain and Mrs. Travis um, Everett out of Fall City, Taylor Park and Duval, Carnation Elementary. And at Carnation Elementary, there were over 200 people there. And they ended their years at the Senior Center in Carnation. So it's interesting that it was, it went to Carnation and Duval and Vincent and Novelty. So it really was very inclusive of all the farms and the families in the area. It certainly was. And it sounds like it had really kind of intense structure with having these officers and all these and minutes kept and everything else like this was not like some kind of a yes it was they had um you know the people that were in charge of the games the people that i'm sure that the way they organized the food and think of the men that had to go figure out what they're going to do for benches and tables and and go to the logging camp and borrow some some tin cups and boy would i like to have one of those today um and you know they had to go borrow coffee and all the things that it took they they had and they had business meetings so they got together to plan things and what they were going to do next and the entertainment that was um one year they went to a costume store in Everett and they all rented costumes and then they had a costume party so oh my um, it was they took they took it pretty seriously and is it, so, so I'm to, am I to understand, uh, Jackie, that there are minutes to all this that has survived. Oh. So we have that legacy. Yes, there are 75 years worth of minutes and they are. Yes, they're awesome. They're they're just they're so fun to read all the names and the people and um, all the involvement and uh, probably. Um, well, I was going to say more serious. But probably not serious but concentrated concentration on what what they were doing yes uh, no it sounds like it was uh it, it had it had consistency i mean it had uh it was around for many years because they yeah. took it very seriously and really planned it well so i'm i'm really uh impressed by it. i had no idea that it was that organized of an event and so that's that's amazing to hear it, very very organized the other thing they did was they had a sign-in book so people would would do their autograph, they'd sign in, and then they wanted to know um, when they came to Washington State and from where they came. Now I'm talking about these guys and that, yeah, they're pretty serious, but um, in reading the guest book, they, like I say, they wanted their name, the year they came to Washington State and where they were from. So um, some of the first entries that I have here say that they came from Borneo, Timbuktu, and North Pole. So some, people, some of them were not quite as as serious as the uh, the organizer would like. Um, but listen, listen to where these folks came from. They came from Minnesota, South Dakota, Colorado, Wisconsin, Kansas, Missouri, Illinois, Mississippi, California. Ohio, Montana, Nebraska, Oregon, 
Maine, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Wyoming, Mississippi, Idaho, Oklahoma, Michigan. Frankly, all states. Wow. Yeah. Well, and, and, and then Sweden, Scotland, oh, um, wow. Vancouver, BC, New Brunswick, Canada, Ireland, and Norway. And Jack, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but the other day you shared with me, and I don't know if you have it readily available, you had the people at the very first one. Do you have that list of names? Uh, yeah, it's it's quite a list. Um, oh, oh, I'm sorry. You, then I guess what I read was that you did a selected names out of that, that because you had like four or five names of just some oh, really well, notary. I mean, off the top of my head, you know, you can do Entwistle, um, Bagwells, Templetons, um, the Adairs, that, you know, Cinemas, Qualls, ju mm -hmm. just all the names that, that we know today. Um, what I found interesting in that list you had is it, it had George Shaw, and yes. that name I just recently ran across in doing some of my research. The Griffin Creek area where I grew up is a particular interest of mine. I've been doing a lot of research on that area out there. And I've been trying to find out whatever happened to Frank Griffin, who homesteaded the area yeah. and was a namesake of the Creek. Well, he died. He never married. He homesteaded it. And he died in Seattle. I was able to get his last will and testament. And he settled some debts that he had. And I wasn't 100% sure, even though there's really good indications that this was one and the same Frank Griffin, but one of the uh, debts that he paid out of his proceeds were paid out of the proceeds of uh, uh, the estate, I guess is what I should say, out of the estate, was a debt that he had owed Mr. Shaw at the store. So that told me that he was, uh, that he was originally the one the, from Carnation. And I thought that was interesting because uh, listeners... Um, to the program really might find this interesting that towns even today tend to shift to the traffic patterns they went from roads to railroads to roads and and they move towards freeways if they exist and carnation is no different um it before it it was in its current location the center of commerce and the center of town was basically down by mcdonald park and going on by and and the store was down there and that's why the Eagles have been, and I think that's kind of hard to really kind of conceptualize that the hotels and everything were down at that end at one time. And why? Well, because the river traffic was the primary way of getting to town. And, and then when the railroads and roads came later, it moved like <laughs> it does everywhere. And so I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So that was uh, uh, what, what a legacy of, uh, you know, Dwayne, you just said something interesting there about names and things like that. We have McDonald Park, who was was named for um, someone that was interested in the scouting, as I recall. But there was also right across the street, in the same street as as Valley Memorial, where Entwistle was. But we had McDonald Hotel. Mm hmm. I'd never, I had never put those two together, but that's a coincidence that we've got McDonald Park and then the hotel after two different people. Oh yeah, I never thought about that either, yeah. yeah. Oh. So uh, the other thing um, where these folks signed in, you know, did the guest book every year and I copied, I copied several pages, but um, I also ended up copying um, 
just in 1930, then on the next page, it said, no July 4th picnic in 1931, economic depression. Mm -hmm. So just, just those few words give you just so much history, so much what was going on here, how they were affected to the point where they, they chose not to have the picnic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, tents would probably have been bleak and yes. a lot of people just really, really were really hard up at the time. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so they had this successful uh, um, a pioneer picnic that went on to so many years. And when was like the last years of that? It was 1998. So the, the picnic, the all school reunion that we're having now um, started in 1988. So the pioneer picnic actually went on for 10 years after we started the all school picnic. Um, and I I mean, I'm guessing you're just reaching a different, kind of a different group of people. Yes, yeah. Yeah, and I would imagine that a lot of the pioneers, there wasn't the same sense of community because so many of them had passed on or moved away or something. And so uh, class reunion just had a, made a lot more sense. Right. right. And so, it, so that's interesting. I didn't know that when I heard that Isabel took it over. Of course, I didn't know those details. So that's pretty interesting that there was like a 10 year transition to where yeah. they were do, they were simultaneously both going on and then they transition all the way to an all school reunion. It's kind of it's insightful, isn't it, that they were that they did that. It is. And it's really insightful. Like I said, you, all school reunions, uh, all class reunions, I should say, all class reunions yeah. don't necessarily um, happen in all schools. And right. I'm glad it's did at Tolt because there are some classes that have not had, even my own class in 1977 has not been very uh, consistent on having reunions. As far as I know, I think they've had two and I've been to one. And so uh, in the entire history. And so, you know, some of our classes were rather small. We had classes in the 60s, the late 60s and, and stuff that were larger than the ones in the late 70s and 80s is, you know, the different demographics of the yeah. valley and logging and everything else changed. It was, it was really kind of different times. So Dwayne, yeah. the, the joke in my class of 67 is to have a reunion, the person that brings it up has to be the chairman. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why, so that's why it has never happened. <laughs> it's a jinx. Yes, we joke yeah. about it. It's like, okay, are you bringing this up then? Are we, are we talking about that? Yeah. Um, the other thing that they did for the, um, um, the picnics that I've been talking about, they had, um, they had little contests. And in their very last picnic, they had pioneer, well, they had it every year, but they had pioneer royalty. And Mildred Anderson, who was my fifth grade teacher, was 93 that year, and she was queen for the day. So oh, they that's had- special by age they had you know the queen and the king and then the the younger the next next one down they became the prince and the princesses and then they would ask about um who had the most family members present so this last year the rileys had 13 family members present and um donald davis who i know you remember oh yeah probably, very well. you're related to him right no, no, not, no, not the oh, Davis's. Okay. They were well, in Nebraska, yeah. Um, he had 52 uh, grandchildren. 
Wow. So he he won the award for grandchildren. So they did those <laughs> kind of awards too, just just for fun. Yeah, I had the great honor of emceeing the event uh, uh, last year, and it was a lot of fun, a pretty good turnout. And so let's just talk about that a little bit more. The reunion is coming up. I mentioned a couple times about classes that don't necessarily have regular uh, reunions. Uh, this is your opportunity that if you want to see some folks show up, but more importantly than that, get on the phone, get on Facebook, do whatever you have to do to connect with someone that was your pal in classes. If you're not having regular reunions and tell them that this is an opportunity that you can legitimately go to, because this is a, this is an all class reunion and let's show up for it and get your classmates, uh, you know, a couple of your classmates there, because it's always a special event. As Joe said earlier, the Cedar Crest is invited. Um, we had several Cedar Crest graduates show up last year, if I remember, there was a few uh, there. There's always a few teachers. What what should people do to prepare for this? Um, is bringing your own chair recommended or is that not required? Or uh, You can bring your own chair if you'd like. Most people just stand around. The Red Barn has picnic tables inside of it. Uh, so there um, are places to sit. But if you want something comfortable, it would be good to bring a folding chair. And so uh, to get to it, just in case someone isn't real familiar with the area, can you describe exactly how you get to the reunion? Uh, yes. If you're on 203 going south, um, it's just um, before you get to uh, the middle school, uh, you take a right and there's a large sign there on the right that says uh, McDonald Park. And it's a right there. There's also... Um, yeah, it's the, the street is 40th, and that will be marked. And there's plenty, that is a park, as a McDonald Park, as Jackie mentioned earlier. So there's plenty of parking there. People should be prepared that there's a little bit of a walk to the barn. And if that was a, a big issue with someone, I'm sure some other kind of arrangements could be made. Attendance is always very good at this event. So I really encourage people. It looks like we probably will have good weather. This is the little frame of time that we have that's usually good weather in, in the Carnation area. And so I encourage everybody to come out and, and have some fun. Is there anything else that we missed that we should talk about before we go? I think we hit most of the details. Don't you Don't you two agree? Yeah. Uh, I think so. Uh, just would uh, mention that it's a, it is a potluck lunch. It goes from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Uh, we'll have coffee and water there. Hope everybody can come. And bring, bring what you can to eat, bring something to eat. And there's always plenty to eat and a lot of good food. So Jackie and Joe, thank you so much for joining me today and contributing to this program. It's been the light talking about the Tolt Reunion. And folks, until next week, thank you for joining us for another episode of Tales from Tolt. Bye-bye, folks. <laughs>